Hello and welcome back to the GamesIndustry.biz podcast. This is episode four of the new Playable Futures mini-series, which is hosted right here on the GI podcast feed. My name's Will Freeman. I'm a freelance game journalist and longtime GI contributor. So in today's episode, we've actually got two separate interviews for you, both looking at kind of different sides of where we are with game communities. Now game communities have this new presence and importance. We're going to discuss how they shape things like game marketing and even the development process itself. So I sat down with Mark Reed, MD of Heaven Media, to discuss that kind of marketing side of things, how he's seen things change and where they're going. And then the next interview is with Romain DeWarber, studio head and chief creative officer over at Amplitude Studios, who have created this amazing Games Together platform, which lets the community kind of get involved with and inform the development process. Before we dive into those two chats, the Playable Futures project is about gathering insights from industry veterans and leaders, creative visionaries, and anyone kind of shaking up or doing interesting things in the game space. And we're talking to those people to understand their visions of what the future of the medium and the industry might be. You'll also find some Playable Futures articles over on GI if you like the reading thing. So do go and check those out. And lastly, before we dive in, just to say thanks to our project partners on this one, Yuki and Diva Agency, who've helped us bring this together. Couldn't have done it without them. So let's actually go for it now. We'll start with the chat with Mark, which was recorded in the chaos and noise of this year's Gamescom. And then we'll hop over to the chat with Romain, recorded at his Paris studio. Bit less background noise than the Gamescom one, both equally riveting conversations. Let's have a listen. Right, hey Mark, thank you so much for joining us for the Playable Futures podcast. We're here to kind of talk about, in a fairly broad sense, like marketing of games and the future of games relationship marketing, I guess. This is a big question to start with, really, but what captures like the change, is it, of the marketing craft? Generally, we'll, we'll dive into the detail, but kind of broad, it's well, fascinating. It's such a great question, but funny enough, what I'm going to start with is what hasn't changed. Yeah. <laughs> because uh, for as long as I've been gaming, which is a really, really long time, and I'm not counting when I was like King of Tetris um, back in the early 90s, um, communities have always been at the heart, heart, heart of gaming. And it's still very true for today. I think what was different in the 90s is that you could still have a billion dollar games publisher and not have to think about communities. And I would say for me, that would be the quintessential change. Now it's accepted that if you don't nurture that community, if you don't actually start to nurture it before your game is even released, and you don't have consistency in looking after that community. And that's not an easy task. It's not a cheap task either. But actually, I think everybody now fundamentally knows the community is what's going to make your game a success on day one and keep it going for 10, 15 years and, and more. So what does engaging a community mean? I guess I'm, one thing I'm thinking is that thing of breadth, like part of your community might be engaged in social media. There's lots of different types of marketing, right? Like in terms of, I guess, now and moving into the future, what does what are the mechanisms of engaging a community from a marketing I think that's what, that's what makes marketing more of a challenge today. Because even when uh, 15 years ago, where we were preaching community engagement. Honestly, it was forums. Um, I mean, back then, YouTube and uh, the, the beginnings of social media was kind of showing up and that you could really do that. But that was a transfer from forums into social media. Yeah, it I wasn't, used to be a modern arcade forum. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Reddit changed everything really yeah. in that regards uh, yeah, yeah, to really yeah. give it some, uh, some real central location. But let's not forget there was kind of um, wikis before that yeah, yeah. Um, uh, for, for for a lot of brands, uh, more television than gaming, but you know it was still very prevalent. Um, today, hell of a challenge, right? We have multiple, multiple um, social media platforms, uh, and those ones are getting uh, richer in content. When you look at the likes of to do Instagram right, to do TikTok right, take advantage of Snap. Uh, but also you have to think of it as a, uh, as, a uh, as global gaming, which means now it's very different platforms in very different parts of the world. Uh, if you're not doing your content and your community engagement in local language, then 
you're going to have to concede you're not doing it properly. Um, we are, I mean, when, when we look at doing social media, we will do English channels, we will do Australian channels, and we will do um, American channels. And that might sound crazy because we all speak um, English um, most of the time. Uh, it, it, it comes across incredibly disingenuous if you, you're very yeehaw American um, reading it from a from a UK perspective and vice versa. And how's that going to play out? I guess we're, again we're kind of talking about breadth, the amount of social media platforms as other type of marketing too. Like, is that challenge going to increase? And maybe what are the solutions? Or what what do you see marketing marketers doing to address that? Oh. <laughs> it's um. It's tough, and I'm saying it from a from a business that wants to pervade being the experts in that space. Yeah, it yeah. is really tough because, uh, and maybe maybe I, we find it easier because we had to kind of break what we're doing to, to rebuild it um, uh, eight years ago now, is that it is to take a uh, holistic approach to it. Um, we find a lot of our clients uh, are very much structured in PR. They'll have an influencer team, they'll have an events team, and they'll have a social team, and that kind of connective tissue isn't always there. Um, sometimes the purpose that we serve is because those are the services that we will do, is that we will pull that together and build that campaigns, those plans, so the consumer sees one message delivered in one way, but on multiple platforms. Because they won't go to any one, they will go to it, they will see product uh, uh, content on YouTube. They will see what you're talking about on Twitter. They will read an article in IGN or Eurogamer and so on. And then they'll also see influencer me um, messaging. And if that isn't all consistent, if it doesn't tell a story, if that st story um, doesn't evolve over time, then you're gonna disenfranchise yourself from that, that community. And that's what makes it tough. We've got to make it interesting, we've got to make it engaging, we've got to make it multilingual, and we've got to do it on 50 different platforms. Sort of one. By the way, we can't just put it out there anymore, we've got to talk to them, because we've got Discord channels, and we've got uh, Twitter that we've got to respond to, otherwise who the hell are we? We've got to be in the moment, so when something happens on a Sunday night, we're talking about it Sunday night, like by Monday morning, that's too late. Um, and that's the challenge, is that that community, those consumers, they are hypersensitive to when you're not talking to them each other. Right. And I guess that's the thing, like, it's not only about when the game is on and being played, right? The community is on 24 seven, even creating their own content that contributes to the mix, but that must be an opportunity as well. It's an incredible opportunity. And it's one I feel like a lot of people miss is that the com community is your ambassadors. They're ambassadors to bring more people in and when they feel like you're your ambassadors, they're going to keep coming back. They are sold and bought into that franchise, um, and and that's your bread and butter. You, that they are so talented to be able to to do that. Back in, back in the day, what you used to have is mods. I mean, how much is that a beautiful compliment to your game that people are willing to actually get involved and mod that game to create something different, maybe better? Mm. Um, but we've never really trusted them to, to give them that opportunity or as much we're worried about it messing with the IP we're messing we're worried about mixed messages but actually it's probably one of the most purest forms of compliments and, and that where you're actually a, a, having people create uh, artwork they're, they're being involved in actually the the franchise itself and you know to look into the future of it and please feel free to be as kind of pragmatic and sensible or crystal ball gazing and out there as you wish like what is the kind of innovation in marketing or what the, the, the future, relevant to games, of course, the hmm. more exciting or innovative or interesting kind of emerging marketing that kind of infuses you or, or is just interesting, even if it's not necessarily the perfect solution? Well, you know, I want to give you a very unpolitical answer is actually I could do with everybody getting it right first is where we are today <laughs> let alone before we start worrying about the, the future yeah, yeah. well maybe that is the future maybe the future is what we already know as true today some of those things where you are treating communities as kind of uh, as really the audience that you can talk to and listen to from day one um, and having it kind of that holistic approach to your communication strategy to your influences to your content um, to your events. Uh, I think getting that right um, 
is it has to be table stakes now. And a, and a lot of brands, both publisher, developer, hardware, they haven't got there yet. That is super important if they're going to really garner that trust and that credibility. But then as we go towards the, the future, um, as we go towards the future, uh, we, we've, we're going to enter into an ever more connected world. Yeah, we're going to yeah. have more and more of our of, of revenue being created from different corners of the world, and we've got to know how to how to, to speak to those ones. And I think another big one, and this is very specific to games, is also looking at how uh, how platforms will evolve as well. I think we'll be looking back in ten years, going, Christ, do you remember when we had to think about our games in terms of mobile? in terms of console, multiple console, in terms of PC, in terms of streaming on, um, uh, on TV and other devices. I think we're gonna look back and, and find that, God, wasn't that bloody complicated <laughs> and bloody hard? And I think, I think that will change from the perspective of the, the gaming world. Um, and I think that from a marketing perspective, I think we're gonna, understand gaming as communities of gamers that have very different interests that cross-pollinate into one another. And I don't think that's properly been mapped out. We see things very much as, uh, you know, isolated groups of those people that like League of Legends, those people that like sim racing driving games, and those people that like sports games like FIFA. And I think trying to understand that landscape to help you launch a product better um, is, again, something that we'll do. Do remember, one of the things that we we, we are not blessed within our industry is good data. And good data should always make good decisions. But when the majority of the gaming world um, uh, or, or games that are delivered in the world are, are, are held by companies that don't necessarily share that data, um, we, are, we are left guessing a little bit in terms of understanding the audience as well as we should. And in terms of that kind of older established framework, like so PC, mobile, console models, why do you see that dissipating? Is it because the emergence of new distribution channels but where platform becomes irrelevant? Like why, why is that model gonna become less dominant in times of framing marketing thinking? Yeah, I'm thinking of, I guess like, you know, if we're getting games on Netflix and subscribe, are, are games gonna transcend platforms? Is that what it's about? I, I think almost definitely. I think if you look at how people are building games, that they're building them for a world that is fairly platform free. If you look at the hardware companies, I think uh, hardware is in certainly from a console perspective. And I might put Nintendo slightly to one side, um, but they are, they're, they're building up to a world where they're not selling hardware. I mean, Xbox has been very clear. If you look at their messaging in there, their, 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 their halls kind of almost promoting gaming without hardware. And I think that there is there is now a want to go in that direction. Whereas if you go back five or six years, it was, I think a few of us knew that's exactly where it was going. Mm. But uh, I think they, a, a lot of people were pushing back very much because it is easy to go with, you know, we've always had a console, I want a console. Yeah. Um, uh, now being a Uber PC fanboy, um, that was easy for me to kind of um, uh, peddle that as a, <laughs> uh, as a theory or a uh, anticipation of the future. I think mobile disrupts that quite a lot. Uh, and I think, you know, we've had some uh, fits and starts on game streaming um, yeah. that, that, is, that has given it a bad rep. I think it is an inevitability that game streaming is, is going to be an in, incredible way in which we consume gaming. It won't be the only way. I think that's where that cynicism is absolutely correct. Uh, but, but I think when it comes to building games and delivering the marketing behind that games. We still have it very siloed in different platforms. And I think that's what will break down. You mentioned subscription like services and kind of like the Netflix of gaming. I think that's also an inevitability, but it will have a place. It won't necessarily have um, uh, be, be something exclusive. And one of my instinctual responses to that is, and I'm almost interested if you think I'm wrong, is, oh, it, is it always that marketing games and around games is beholden to the trends in the industry we've just talked about streaming and subscriptions and stuff it, it, is it as simple as that that you have to stay responsive to what's going on in in the games industry market or are well should marketers maybe think about setting the agenda I'm curious perhaps so look, when I, 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 it's so many different things and like when I speak to my team I, I'm just after we celebrate one fantastic unique 
activation. I, I'm also kind of the very quick to go. And if we do that again, we're boring because it's been done now. So we've got to think of that that um, that next side, and, and we've got to look at pop culture. We can look at other areas of the world. I mean, we're very lucky being global. We have teams in Asia and South America and North America and across all of Europe. So we're able to pick up on trends from other areas that, that then, then can be brought over, that we can use or just conceptualize new ways of doing things. But from a marketing perspective, that's unfortunately the cross that we bear. If we're not going to come up with new shit, then we're kind of dead. Yeah. But I, it, does, it actually is what makes the job of marketing interesting in gaming it just make it just heightens that uh, but you can have more fun because the ip is fun you know yeah i mean that's the pleasure of the industry we're working in and talking about right is it is ultimately about playfulness and fun and enthusiasm and creativity right like and i guess how much do you see game marketing or marketing practice in gaming worlds setting the agenda or influencing marketing out in the wider world well it's funny you should say that because i've actually been a believer that it, it already has i mean you know, when we're talking to automotive brands, and I mean, our, our market really is the gaming market, but you know, a lot of other brands want to come into the gaming market and want to steal something from that. When we, we talk about uh, FMCG brands and we, we look at automotive and finance and everything else, they want to gamify their audience. Oh, sorry, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. So, so, and I think that they, they want to gamify their do. So they see our market as coming up with um, the innovation in, in marketing, but moreover, they see that it is the audience that we all have, game, they're, they're, they're gamers as the audience anymore. It wasn't gamers as a thing because everybody games now. Yeah, there is no such thing as a gamer. There's just people that game, which is not quite everybody. But I got my I got my mum playing games now, so that means there's pretty much everybody. So I feel like um, I, I feel like we're already setting the trend uh, for that. But I say it again. I think that at the same time we should definitely not get ahead of ourselves. I still think that there is um, there is a lot of brands within our industry that is is quite happy to continue doing the same things and i think that's a classic mistake um you know the, the brands have to look to pioneer in platforms like tiktok and snap and keep that consistency across all of their other marketing channels i think if you're not doing that even influencer influencer marketing as well you know we, we were promoting influencer marketing i think like 12 13 years ago we were really pushing it to brands as influencer marketing but people still today are doing exactly the same kind of activation. Mm. And, and that's wrong. That's what we need to get away from. There are, there are ways which you can use them in their channels mm. and you can definitely use the, uh, your channels better, but they have to drive that innovation in it because the consumer becomes bored very quickly these days. I think they always have, right? But I think it's heightened today and you've got to drive that innovation even within the things that you're, you're, uh, you're the, the, the existing things that we're doing right and you know part of that i guess is kind of you've mentioned tiktok and, and thinking about short form content and recognizing i still write eight page features for group magazines <laughs> like it, well you know i guess as briefer more short form punchier content becomes more important Obviously, it can't get shorter to the point that it doesn't exist. I am wondering but, how much shorter it's actually going to get. Yeah, but like yeah. the 0.1-second <laughs> market. But I'd just be interested to where you think the digestibility of marketed content is going. I think, you know, it, it demonstrates my age. Uh, and, and thankfully, uh, my business is full of people a lot long, younger and cleverer than me is at knowing what's on trend and how to best to approach it for the audience. But uh, look, I'm still a big fan of long form long form content, written or video. Yes. But yes, you're right. Unfortunately, and when it comes to capturing the attention of the target audience that we all want to reach, it is short form, it's snappy, uh, and, 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 it, and it's video. And unfortunately, we know that that to be the trend. Uh, and as such, we have to, we have to meet that. Uh, we have to make sure that we're providing content that is not just in the right place, that is digestible quickly, gets the point across, um, is relevant, is credible. I mean, there's a lot that we've got to balance, but it is that challenge of trying to squeeze it into, you know, that, that 
that 10 seconds. So that's not, it sounds like at least that's not a challenge that's going anywhere, right? <laughs> no, I mean, we laugh. We do hope it doesn't get any short. And these things, the world goes in cycles, right? So who knows? Um, we could be sitting here in five years time and the future's actually uh, uh, long. I mean, we were talking about it earlier, right? Like how on the one hand, gamers and just generally millennial Gen Z wants to consume content in 10 seconds, yet they'll also spend hours uh, going over a, uh, a rule book for Dungeons and Dragons, right? Mm -hmm. So in a way that's not assumed that simply that it is shorter span, uh, attention span of a younger generation, although I, you know, that is unfortunately something that we have to contend with. So it's actually giving them what they need. Because actually, you know what, if they're gonna spend hours reading a, 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 a rule book, uh, and that's just w one example um, uh, within RTS, that, that let's be honest, it's not that they're not willing, we just have to give them something. But for now, the trend is well and truly short, short and snappy, because there's a lot of content. I remember that then is our ultimate challenge, which is there's so much content out there. Almost the reason why they're only willing to give it one to 10 seconds to go through, that you need to stand out. Uh, and as people get clever at standing out, it becomes harder to stand out that much more. And that's the challenge us marketers have. And I'm realizing a kind of theme that's emerging in our conversation is kind of the scale of all this, the scale of the audience, the way, the different ways you can reach people with a holistic approach, as you said. But I'm also interested, you know, another part of the games industry's growth and increase in breadth is variety of types of game company, right? Not what I guess what I'm getting at is I'm thinking about the smaller team, maybe not the one person team, but the mid-sized studios, the smaller studios. What can we maybe learn? I guess where might their marketing be going and what can we learn from what they're doing? Is there something to be learned from, you know, the people with a much smaller budgets who can't reach three different, you know, different languages for different social media platforms and so on. Yeah, look, I, I, I love the mentality of a smaller company. Um, Heaven was a smaller company not too long ago, and therefore we kind of cut our teeth on guerrilla marketing. You know, we, we, were, we were given big tasks with little budget. Right. Uh, and as such, you know, it had to be. And, and I do look at some of these other indies and they do incredibly clever things because they bloody have to. They haven't got the money to do anything um, uh, great. Um, and, and it's shows like Gamescon actually, where you can get away with that. I, I've been here where I, I will say, a, a, a not to be mentioned, AAA publisher came with multi-million uh, Euros to produce some of the biggest stand in the event, and nobody. The only thing walking past it was a tumbleweed. Like, like nobody gave a crap. And I've seen small little indies create just the coolest activation that had everybody talking, had everybody taking pictures, had everybody engaged because they just, they just did some cool shit. Yeah. And they did it with no money. And and I and I love that. And I think that is true authentic marketing. So no, you can learn, learn, learn so much from that. And it, there's one thing I love about our industry today that I didn't love as much 10 years ago, is that actually indies are no more longer the, the name that we give to those small little people that probably won't make it. Because that's what we were describing 10 years ago, right? Yeah, the, the garage based or bedroom based team. And some of them did make it many yeah, right. <laughs> and, and 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 today, then you get like a, a four guys that come out and go, no, nah, screw you. I can I can develop multi multi millions of revenue from from the game that I just made, and and I think that for me is something that I love about our industry more than anything else. It, it is that that ability to become a hero overnight. That you can actually have an idea, you can make it happen, you can work your ass off, and actually you can go toe-to-toe -to -toe with the big AAA publishers. And I, and I love that because you couldn't do that 10 years ago, or that just wasn't wasn't something that you saw that often. Uh, and I think today that that they do, and, and some of those companies, to your point, are redefining marketing. You know, again, if you look to how Four Guys um, came out there, they hit it absolutely in the bullseye. They looked at how that they, create this fun, 
um, kind of teasing community um, vibe before the game came out. They worked with influencers to have this perfect swell of like, you just thought it was everywhere. And, and it was curated, but it didn't feel curated. And there was no big stand at E3 and a cinema campaign and you know something else and i think that speaks to authentic marketing yeah game. and actually you're making me think is another future trend the consumer becoming more literate so in marketing and aware and savvy and kind of authenticity concerned and i just i swung through the retro area because i had some leanings there and there was a stance out modern games released on old consoles a tiny market of course and they'd set up there the sofa and they'd set like an early 90s bedroom with like Baywatch posters and pop Brilliant. stars at the time. Brilliant. bags branded in the right way. And yeah, and you know, it wasn't high quality, but it had a crowd and it was, it was, it was real and it was fun. And I had to take a picture and go, God, I remember being in that bedroom in 1992. But, but you're, you're right. But I think that you can absolutely get away with not high quality. Price, that you've just described YouTube, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it doesn't have to be high quality. It has to be authentic, incredible. And if you're not able to do that, actually, we're in an industry where the consumer loves to hate you as well. Like yeah. I, I think that's that's something that I think is quite unique to gaming, right? You can mess it up very easily. Uh, the responsibility as marketers when we're taking a product and going to market we come away as disingenuous or we're doing those tactics of let's throw a bunch of money at something, um, the consumer, to your point, can see through that like incredibly. So and that is again a changing trend and that will continue um, to be the case for the next 10 years. That is that heightened responsibility that we have to ensure that somebody is sitting there going, if that isn't credible, if that isn't a, a, with a genuine purpose and message, that isn't authentic to its target audience, for Christ's sake, let's not do it. Yeah, really interesting stuff. And you're kind of making me think that there's a hell of a lot of new challenge and new opportunity and innovation and a hell of a lot of the core craft that remains the same, right? So I guess we'll meet up at Gamescom in, in 10 years and see how right you were. Absolutely, play this back and then um, yeah. just oh. shoot holes in it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but honestly, it's been yeah, really fascinating conversation. And um, yeah, just thank you so much for taking some time out of the wonderful chaos of Gamescom to join us in the Playable Features podcast. Thanks, Mark. Real, thanks a lot, mate. And so that was my conversation with Mark back at Gamescom. A really interesting one. I kind of love that notion of how communities being always on, even when the game's not being played the game exists through communities and that kind of captures the essence of how game communities are going to become more important, more involved in the processes of games making and publishing in the future. With that one done, let's move over to Remain at Amplitude Studios. As you'll hear, the Games Together platform is this kind of quite brave, innovative, interesting way of involving communities in game dev, I guess, you know, kind of the other side from the marketing and publishing side of things. So let's join that conversation now with Romain. Romain, thanks so much for joining us here on the Playable Futures podcast. Um, first of all, it would just be really interesting to hear a little bit about your kind of your own career in games. And I guess before we get to games together, who Amplitude are as a studio? Hi, um, thank you for having me. Um, well, for me, I started like a quarter of a century before, like uh, today, so by trying to, to make 4X games actually at the end of the 90s. If you wanted to make a game that was a bit different than the classic, uh, you know, a shooter, uh, sports game, racing game, uh, you know, you had some categories, you had to be the next game in that category and, you know, you didn't have any room for, for anything else. So the only choice was to create your own studio. But an Amplitude is, uh, was, you know, the answer uh, for us um, to, you know, the, you know to, to be able to create the games of our dreams that we could not find elsewhere. And, you know, um, being a big, big fan of 4X, um, I was very sad that, you know, whenever I showed my friends, you know, this amazing 4X game I was playing, that all of them would just run away. So, oh, really? You're playing that? <laughs> you know, so, so do you want to hurt yourself? Uh, so, so, and, 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 so, you know, then I was shamefully like playing my 4X, you know, not daring to share that with anyone else. Um, and, and this is where I realized that maybe, you know, there could be a way to, to make these games um, a, 
a bit more interesting for the wider audience. But but along the way, you know, my biggest problem is that um, I was a big fan of Forex, but I was not a game designer for Forex. You know, I, I designed you know shooters, but did not design Forex, and Forex is very different. So yeah, there's, sure. you know, that's, this is where the whole games together thing come comes. Uh, uh, and actually, I guess something, you know, I must resist distracting us too much with talking more about Forex game design, but I guess the challenge or opportunity or craft for Amplitude, there is capturing the genre authentically while opening it up to new players, right? Is is that a process? You How, how did you approach that? But I yeah. think hopefully this will lead us to games together. Um, I think I was afraid uh, to be just a fraud, basically. You know, it's like uh, mm. um, people will... We'll see that in the design forex, you know, and 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 probably, you know, there are people that are more knowledgeable than me, uh, you know, on forex. And what if we just work like maniacs uh, for, you know, years, two years, uh, wouldn't have much more budget than that anyway. So um, to 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 deliver a game that nobody would want to play. So the idea with the game together was um, how, uh, you know, could we attract some of the most knowledgeable people? Um, to come and help us uh, design a genuine forex, uh, uh, extremely strong forex, to confirm that maybe some of our um, uh, ideas are the right ones, or <laughs> not. But at least you know we would know ahead of time and not after shipping the game. Um, you know, I, I worked on games where you know sometimes you know you have the currency being uh, outraged of stuff you've done that you could have removed if you had known about it just a month before. Um, so that, that was the whole idea with it. Um, the idea with it as well was, you know, you, you cannot, you don't, you don't buy a community, right? So everyone dream of having a community when they create a game, but you know, it's non, there's only one way um, to 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 attract uh, players to spend time because in the end, that mean that means they're going to have to take some from their own time uh, they could be playing games or they could be working but instead of doing that you know they will come and spend it with you um and how can you make it worthwhile and for me the the answer seemed to be well that's only if we promise them that you know we are going to make you know the games of their dreams you know together you know or do anything we can to tend towards that because obviously with you know 20 people 30 people 100 people around you you know, it's different ideas, right? So, so you need to find something that will regroup as many of these these people. That's how we came up with the games together. So we 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 contacted people we've noticed in some existing communities and asked them if they wanted to participate in creating, um, you know, the best best forex of all times. And 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 for that, you know, we'll share with you our game design from you know two years before shipping. Um, and it was incredible to, to see at the time the answers we got from all around the world uh, for, for that. And, 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 and because, well, they were not used, and, and actually still today, people are not used to see a games and documents of a team that will ship a game yeah. soon. Yeah. And actually, before, I've got so many questions about games together, but I guess kind of what's your elevator pitch for what Games Together actually is? You know, just to give our listeners a bit of context, like perhaps what Games Together is now as a platform. It's, it's you know, it, it is, I would say, more or less the only co-creation platform that, that, that you have out there. So uh, that's basically, there are two parts of it on the platform. You have, um, uh, you could look at it as just a set of tools. You know that you could use the way you want, and but the tools are made uh, to to for people to enjoy um, creating something with you. I would say obviously your game uh, with you, and and to make it fun. Because if people take their time away from playing games or away from working to spend time with you, it cannot be a chore. You know it has to be fun. Um, so the whole idea is okay. Let's make it rewarding, uh, interesting uh, for people to participate, and then create great tools that would, on one side, reward the players um, for having great ideas. Um, and one of the rewards is simple: is they will have more power. You know, it's the idea of you know we, you give points because of the player. With these points, they can vote uh, on stuff you want to do. So basically, they give more weight on the next features of the game. Um, so. The more positive they are, you know, the more reward they get, and the more, you know, they contribute to the next features of the game. So that means what 
the first consequence of that is we we'll, we'll get a lot of great ideas that have a chance to end up in the game uh, because they are great ideas and we can see the support they have behind them. Um, and 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 the, the other side of that is the community is very positive. Right. Positive because they are rewarded for being positive. You know, yeah. uh, uh, someone who comes and and keep insulting you every five minutes. You know, they will not get no points. They will get no power, uh, and they will just move on to the next uh, forums. They will they will insult people on. So it's it's it's. I think it, 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 there's a great way um, uh, to 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 create positive interactions. One other key element that that, that we have um, uh, with, with the system is is people. So what what people usually don't like, um, uh, what on you know when they try to interact with a, a team is often they will feel they're not being listened to, right. and and a lot about the game together is to to try to prove that you're listening. So it's not easy. Again, uh, when uh, we have one million players on the games together, uh, so it's it's hard yeah. to tell everyone you know that we listen to everyone <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, at, at, at any one time. But it's all about transparency. A transparency, it's about saying, yes, I can do this, but it's also about saying, no, I can't do it. Um, we, we, it took us you know, some, some time to realize that uh, uh, because usually you know, the first reflex is you want to say yes to everyone. You want to be a nice person. Yeah. Uh, but people don't like when you say yes and you don't do anything or when you, you just dodge a question that you're like, Oop, I don't want to do that feature. Sorry, yeah. I missed it. Um, and all they want is they prefer, they prefer you just to be honest, say, no, it's not in the vision. Uh, I love the idea. You know, it's, uh, it's a very right. interesting, but it's not for us. Because that does sound the most profound challenge of this. Let's say 10% of your players throw in an idea. That's far <laughs> too many ideas. Like, I'm, you know, I'm also really interested in this idea of like recognizing the player's expertise. You know, anyone who knows me, I spend a lot of time arcade gaming, traditional arcade genres, where actually is a long relationship of often the players are better known than the the best players are better known than the name of the studio. The players do go in and inform the game design. There's this whole traditional thing of location tests, but it's uh, you know where early versions are sent out into arcades and so on. But actually, in kind of contemporary gaming and I guess you're still talking about a niche here, but you know why? Why is the voice of the player so important, and how on earth do you manage <laughs> so many player voices? Um, so this so important. I, I think it's. I mean, we're all the same, right? I mean, we all feel that we are the most important ones, yeah. and only our opinion matters. Yeah. So, so when you well, want I to guess get involved. Valid, like valuable to you when you know they're so, not game makers and you you are. <laughs> we try, we try as much as we can uh, to innovate you know, on all the games we do, right? But when you innovate, you know, you will have stupid ideas along the way, uh, and some of these stupid ideas, you know, could make it into a final game. Yeah. Um, and 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 that's where you players come in. You know, they, they are great guides. You know, they they can uh, point to something that is smart soon enough you i i guess i guess for, for me uh, i may be i may lack assurance uh, uh you know as as a person um and that's why i love when people tell me you're right or you're wrong you know you're getting in the right direction or the wrong direction um and i think i'm not the only ones um only one on game developers because we are sometimes often in unknown fields you know as soon as you want to do something different you know, you will have to try some, something, and and it may well succeed or fail. And 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 often, what happened in the past is actually people worshiping the game and saying, you know, it was magic. You know, oh, it worked. Oh, didn't work. Fuck. You know, <laughs> have yeah. two two years, you know, thrown away or three years, you know, uh, wasted. So so I, I think what we're trying with that is is to optimize uh, our time resources um, and motivation because there's nothing worse than spending a lot of time on something that, that is going to be you know thrown away because it was something that nobody wanted except you maybe yeah uh, and we spoke earlier of kind of taking a relatively niche you know specialist genre like 4x and taking it out to a larger audience and I guess one almost near certain future of games because it's already happening is it's not just about a bigger audience there's a broader audience more different types of people 
with more interest in a wider variety of games. So I guess what I'm getting to, you know, if we take 4X as an example, there's perhaps a new opportunity for 4X to meet new players. Do you feel something like Games Together, in terms of seizing this opportunity, meeting new players, making a specialist genre more available to a wide range of players? Is that something Games Together is able to achieve? Um... I think it will contribute to that. Uh, I, I don't think in itself um, it, it will just make your game, you know, be for um, you know um, uh, a wide audience. What it will do is it will make sure that your game is on target. Uh, so so it's more about are the you know. I'm not an expert in many game genres, you know, but often I will I will wait for my friends to tell me who are experts. Oh, that game is great, you know. You have to play it, you know. Uh, I'm, uh, you know, a fighting game expert, you know. I'll tell you, you know, you have to play the next blah blah blah. Um, and 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 I, I think we many of us are like that, you know, because maybe we don't have the uh, enough time to 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 be experts in all fields. Maybe we maybe we could be in one field, but not in all yeah. fields. Yeah, um, it used to be so, easier twenty years ago, right? You could yes, say, oh, I know yes. about games. And There's one game a month coming out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that well, yeah, I have peers who are journalists who specialize in uh, a genre uh, or even a game. So we are there, right? Sorry, I interrupted slightly. No, but 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 that, that, that's it. So, so in 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 that. In that field, you know, the game score is great because we're going to attract, you know, people that that want to be experts or feel they are experts. Maybe they're not, but at least they feel they they are part of it, and they will contribute uh, in their own way. Sometimes just by simply voting, you know, on simple votes, saying, "Okay, this is what I want to see for the game," and I will want to participate in that. Or sometimes it's more, you know, it's bigger, mm-hmm. more constru- uh, more constructive, um, you know. So, um, and and I, I think I think that works. So. Our experts, you know, will spend more time. Uh, the non-experts will come to read what the experts have to say about the game um, uh, and contribute in a very simple way. Um, so that's what we'll see. But what's what is surprising is, you know, when we talked about, um, you know, numbers for, you know, what we're expecting um, uh, as a community, looking at the numbers I was seeing around at the time of starting Amplitude and the games together, um, uh, you know, we were expecting maybe to have at best two thousand people involved in our community uh, to help us, you know, uh, create the game. Uh, you know, and as I told you today, you know, we have a million players today. Uh, uh, knowing that, you know, we had to wipe the whole database, you know, a few years ago uh, for GDRP. Uh, so, GDPR, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, so, and and that was, uh, you know, I, I was I nearly cried that day, you know, because uh, yeah. it was half a million players. To. You know, it was nearly, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. nearly a life, you know, of yeah. of having, you know, all these people, and and was it was incredible that you know it is incredible that you know in a couple of years you know uh, we have doubled the numbers. So so it's um yes, there's there's basically something that that shows that yes we are uh, in a way speaking to both hardcore community and yet uh, people you know. Come and get to follow. Uh, come to the games together to follow the, the what's happening. So for information's sake, at least, right. uh, you know, and and or, or be part of the game of making a game. You know, and 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 what happens with the games together is like you will follow. You know, uh, the game being built every day, right? So it's part of the yeah. of the process. And that almost, you know, I guess a change games have gone over in the recent decade or two is the move to live, right? So they're these online updated entities. It's really interesting to me that you're almost kind of extending the development of the game as part of the consumed experience, right? I don't know if I'm getting getting a bit yes, too academic there, but yeah, what are your thoughts there? But, um, uh, so, so the Games Together is initially... Was th- was thought for you know the first part of before shipping the game, yeah. uh, because part of us being small indie um, was that we were broke basically, so we yeah. had to make sure yeah. that every single penny was spent on something people wanted. So so that's why it was the original idea, right? But then yeah, when the yeah. game is live, obviously uh, it makes sense also because people can play the full game as well and and give you a lot of feedback on the finished game, and and then you realize the game is never finished, obviously. So so yeah, and and that's yeah. the boy, it does work as well. But uh, but it's 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 made for both basically. But um, but the original idea was mostly to focus on the creation. Uh, so before shipping, 
something else that I guess I feel is happening with games and is going to increase in the future, I may be wrong, this idea that playing, you know, I guess we used to have audiences or players and now we have communities, right? And if I'm a fan of a game with a large, healthy community, I might be also watching their YouTube videos or there'll be fan art or like when the game is switched off or, you know, cosplayers and there's a game can have such a life from its community beyond just a player playing the hours, right? That, you know, do you feel whether now or in the future games together has a connection with that trend or can, you know, that the communities are more, they're not just the people that play, buy your product and sit down in front of it and play it for a few hours, right? So, um, you know, at one point, we're not doing that anymore, but at one point we were um, uh, tracking the, I think it, it was an approximation, but we're more or less tracking the time spent uh, by our uh, users, uh, you know, on, on the web pages mm-hmm. of the games together. Um, and also, you know, we when we had these uh, people as friends on Steam, because, you know, some of our more active communities, you know, we were friends. Yeah on Steam as well, we could also tell the time we were spending on the game, you know, because it was right. shown. So, and and was surprised, I was so surprised to see that actually some of them had double the time spent on the games together than on the actual game. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and this is where we realized, you know, the actual real game was the, the creation of, of the game. Uh, so there is a change, uh, I think, in, in, in behavior in that sense, that um, I, I, I think... You have you have the core game and everything which is around, you know. So you, yeah. uh, I, I think we all have, uh, as you mentioned, you know, watched you know people playing for hours, you know, uh, your game. Sometimes I think I've spent more time watching StarCraft two videos than playing right. yeah, StarCraft yeah. because the matches were just uh, amazing. You know, I knew the yeah, rules yeah, and yeah, and yeah. so I could follow, and that was perfect. So so I, I think yes, uh, we are entering a stage where this is where you see that you know. Um, it's a you know it's it's becoming uh, I think a cultural um, elements you know you 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 are getting so interested so fascinated um, you know uh, 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 on everything which is around you know your, your game and the game scholar is one is one of these elements that is um, uh, giving life uh, to the game beyond the game and 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 giving depth to it so looking into the future I get amplitude I can't really think of much else like games together right this is certainly not a normal Amplitude is not a normal studio, no, but what, you know, Games Together is is something innovative and quite daring and unusual. Do you see that this kind of thing will become more familiar and, you know, why, why might that happen? So, so on on our side, you know, we you know we have decided to 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 start uh, putting up to to more studios. Uh, yeah. So we have uh, Relic, you know, who who joined yeah. us for, for their next Company of Heroes game on it. Uh, two Point Hospital or the Two Point Campus, sorry, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. for the uh, the latest Two Points game that came out. Uh, so join us also on the games together. So you know we're all part of Sega, um, and and made it uh, made it easier. Uh, but you know we'll keep expanding in, in even you know beyond Sega because you know. We we actually are being asked every day, <laughs> basically, yeah. to to open up the games with to to more people. Um, you know, whether it's his, you know, in different forms, but at least to to give them access to the, that set of tools, or also to share more of our own philosophy on on how to to work. You know, uh, in that fashion. But uh, it's it is surprising to see uh, that I think the same discussions I had five years ago uh, with some. Developers or publishers, or type of developers and publishers, are not the same uh, than the one the ones we have today. You know, um, um, I think five six years ago, when I was telling them that you know I had to accept that I have to give away part of the power uh, to the players, um, I, I, I could see teams, uh, you know, or, or team members either laughing. Are dying, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not not willing to to do it, um, and you know sometimes it was like kind of kind of a polite, right? Okay, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, let's change I topic. Understand, I can understand <laughs> that reaction. And and now it's funny to see that all the the other way around. Um, you know, it's basically most teams uh, are interested. Uh, uh, the first question usually is, okay, when. When can I can I access it? Um, so it's uh, it's so it's not not where we used to be. Uh, also, probably because probably there are new generations or so newer generations of designers and producers, uh, you know, making games now that are maybe more used 
to be part of committee members yeah. themselves. Yeah, that's really interesting, right? You you mentioned 40-somethings. I think I'm in the same youthful age category as you. But I saved up for one game at a time, bought it at the game store, played it till the end, and that cycle repeated, right? Whereas now we've got adult developers who would have grown up in the era of communities and, I don't know, the first generation of YouTubers influencing games and stuff, right? So I guess that's only going to continue into the future. Exactly. And, and uh, I mean, there was a way to, to make games. I mean, the best way to ship your game on time Mm-hmm. is not to listen to anyone else <laughs> tell you what to do. <laughs> so that's why a lot of developers were thinking, no, 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 I have to ship on time, so I cannot listen to anyone yeah. telling me things because I will have to adapt, change, you know, uh, mm-hmm. throw away something, mm-hmm. and I will never ship on time. Uh, but it's also the best way to make a crappy game, right? So, so that, that, that's why I think a lot of people realize that, you know, it's, it's too much of um, too much taking a chance. Not listening, hoping to ship on time. Uh, it's taking a lot of chances, and, and, and it is not rewarding for the game developer. So, do you, you know, I guess, strictly speaking, middleware didn't exist as a concept until the 90s, the mid-90s. Like, And now, obviously, middleware is fairly fundamental. Once upon a time, game engines weren't a thing. Oh, I remember interviewing the Pong creator, Alec, or one of the Pong team, and he took offence about being called a game designer because like, I'm an engineer. He does it with a soldering iron, right? There's been these changes. Do you feel, perhaps in 10 years or any amount of years, that we might, whether it's games together or other similar platforms do you feel this could become a standard tool of game development yes because uh, i think it will be seen by the player as uh, a mark of respect to the players you know so and 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 again you know i've been you know um i've been chatting with uh, some good friends um that that tell me oh games together oh yes i've been doing that you know for the past 10 years you know and then i, I go on on their platforms just to spy a bit to see uh, yeah. what they mean uh, so what i what i see is just a simple forum yeah. where people are just shouting yelling insulting yeah, you know the, yeah, game, yeah. The, the, the game devs you know but actually sure. what they don't know is it's true you know that guy is listening to them carefully mm-hmm. he has at least thousands of points you know from the community it's just the community doesn't know about it uh, and, and and so and because yeah, they all want in a way the respect, but you know that's why communication is important. Because sometimes, actual many developers do it; they just don't always know how to express that they're doing it or sharing with the community. So it's that's why you know it's it's not just a tool; it's also a method. Uh, it's also accepting to, to 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 that communication is part of making a game as well. You know, exchanging. Um, you know, it's not just telling; is exchanging. You know, I'm telling you, I'm listening to you. You know, and back and forth, um, and 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 making sure it's also not split from the game, right? It's also uh, incorporated in, in in the game making. So because you know, players only believe what they see. Well, not just the players; we all like that. So so and 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 you know, they could trust you for a few months to 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 just um, you know do some talk about something, but after a while, they want to see the proof that, that you know, they're being, so they want to see pictures, they want to see documents, they want to test the game, early builds, uh, you know, and, and, and then they want to tell you that you, you did not understand anything of what they said, so you have to do it again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so it's, it, and, and that's relationship that, that is amazing. And, and, and again, I think they don't care uh, if, if, if you got it wrong, they, they really care uh, if you listened. Uh, and if you if you're doing everything you can to get it right, you know. So so, and and yes, in the end they will they will care about you getting it right, right. But but it's it's all also about the path, not just mm-hmm. the the end, you know. And 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 they can excuse you for n- no not not getting it right if they understand uh, what what obstacles you know you, you you hit on on the way. And I guess you know I, I imagine yourself and your teams mind are full of potential ideas of what you could add to games together right it's i imagine it might be one of those processes where it's like concentrating on what you don't add because there's so many directions but you know how far could this go what could the games together of 10 years time 20 years time be or even just you know other ways you see community and development process crossing over more I'd like I'd so, love to just yeah how far this could go to summarize my waffling question so so i think it can go as far as, um, I mean, what's important is that the player always has fun. 
you know mm -hmm. yeah so so doesn't have to become a job right so yeah. uh, as soon as a player feel like they're being exploited yeah. to make the game for you you know that's where when you went too far you know that, yeah, yeah. So, so so but but then everything else uh can be uh, used uh for it so, so what i mean by that is it's not about having i don't think but but you know but it's not about um having players create content for you uh mm -hmm. you know it's about them getting you in creating content for them um so it, 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 it there is you know a difference with that um so you know there are a lot of platforms that are looking for ways uh to monetize the players differently uh so they think that maybe they can use Right, yeah. kind, of, kind of these platforms of a new way of monetization. Um, this is not what the Games Coder is about. It's all about actually yeah, yeah. not getting money involved, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, so, yeah. But and, that's and, interesting. Like as new trends come up, some games together or a games together like platform can adapt to where the industry is going, right? Yes, yes. Well, it it will. Well, uh, uh, but so 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 the thing is, it's all about th uh, thinking about what is good for the players yeah, uh yeah. today to, to, today um uh again uh they won't, don't want to see them participating participating in game creation as a job maybe tomorrow they will want mm -hmm. to say oh you know what i want to make a living out of that yeah, uh, yeah. what will what will happen uh to that and and we'll see you know if uh, how we want to to adapt but right now for us our belief uh, is again to make it a game, the game of making yeah. the game, right? So, mm -hmm. so, so that's why we're a bit different. And and the thing is, as soon as you know, um, uh, money comes into the mix, uh, you know, then there's a lot of questions that comes up about legal rights. You know, okay, mm -hmm. that idea, but 20 people participated in that idea because you know, often you know, it is someone saying something, someone else uh, constructing on that idea, someone else coming in, throwing some image, you know, and so it 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 is. It is tricky, you know. So as long as it is, we all agree that you know it's a common idea that will make the game better. It's fine. But then if you say, "Oh, I will have to, I will pay you for that idea," you know, there we have ten people saying, "Well, well, I had that idea yeah, first, you know, and yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. why him, not me?" So yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. or I got it from another game, or you know, so so it's uh, uh, and 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 the same with the character creations, music, uh, art, two D or three D. Uh, it's it it is a it is a tricky thing and. And I think for for me, it's important to keep it genuine. So as mm. far as it can go, um, is to to make game better in all fields, and especially you know not just game design, because you know the first thing we all think about is idea on making game design better. Uh, yeah. But you know in the past, you know we have created uh, co-creations uh, with you know uh, visuals of, of factions, uh, the, the storytelling around the faction. Uh, so we have so people of many different talents can contribute uh, to the game, not just the one having a strong, um, you know, um, uh, appetence for, for game design. You know? so, so, so it's coming from all fields. And actually, uh, so we had um, the visual design of, um, of a space faction that was decided by, by the community. But the, the the main the, the main person who did the, the, the initial drawings that were voted for, um, uh, beautiful stuff um mm -hmm. uh, he did everything that i asked people not to do uh so <laughs> then i was very surprised or probably you know uh i, I guess a bit um uh i don't know it, 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 it was i think probably on purpose from the communities i'm not saying whenever you said <laughs> please don't do this they will do it right, uh, yeah. so i stopped saying not don't do this uh, <laughs> not to influence it in a wrong way but I, I, one thing i said is like i never want to see uh, a tree in space and right. of course, you know, uh, we had floating trees in space that were <laughs> a beautiful faction, actually. So I had to 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 surrender. Uh, and 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 actually, the 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 artist was actually an engineer. Uh, so it's it's right. funny to see, basically. So probably yeah. someone who would have never been taken seriously, uh, but threw the games together. Nobody knew who. who yeah, came I guess that's interesting, right? Not to say this is a definite future for games together specifically, but this general principle of a platform like Games Together kind of feels like it's breaking down some of the boundaries between player and studio. And I guess I'm interested, it feels like that could reveal some amazing things. And then stuff like you're saying there is almost breaking down different roles in game dev, like engineers, engineer, artists do art. Like, it, it, you know, in a more hypothetical or crystal ball gazing way, it sounds like it could be a fairly profound effect on you know in the long term in the many years again potentially on kind of the conventions of games and how they're made right 
And and also, I think it's it's it. First of all, you know, some, sometimes game design could be intimidating for some, and so I yeah. guess everyone could see they could be a great designer. Uh, but this, as yeah, as you say here, yeah, yeah we've seen a, you know an engineer saying that he was actually a great artist, and a lot of uh, players around the world thought he was a great artist. Uh, we had, um, I think, I'm not sure, but I think the 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 the. Um, uh, the story uh, around that faction was written. I, I have to check, but maybe well, I think it was by a, a Boston uh, police officer. I think uh, it was. So it's a, so everyone can realize and show, you know, that they, they how good they are. Yeah. Although it's very far from what you would expect them to to, to yeah. be on the deal. But you know, and that almost matches another trend. You know, you hear of games as games teams are increasingly hiring economists. So I heard a game designer had hired somebody that laid out supermarkets and malls because of the like experience you move through, yeah. or theme park yeah. designers or architects to do your. And it sounds like this kind of extends that trend, right? Like it, ideas really can come from anyone, not just people who have followed. You know, perhaps if you follow a game design career or a game making career, you learn the conventions. Whereas yeah, you and, open this up to, hey, you're a, I, what might a firefighter think about that we wouldn't think about, right? Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, I think on that side, you have a real equality of chance, you know, on, on such a platform. But then, of course, you know, uh, you do reward implication and involvement. So, yeah. so then you need a bit of free time. Uh, that that's that's the thing, but it's all about choosing where you want to spend that free time. But yeah. but it can be so highly rewarding. Uh, to have all these people from all around the world, you know, voting your ideas, and a few weeks after, you have that name in your game, you know, or in the game of your dreams, and that is, uh, I think yeah. that's 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 definitely something uh, we are extremely proud of. Yeah, and to kind of end things, I guess it all, you know, you said that thing of when someone in game development hears of the idea and kind of goes, "Oh, right, that sounds intrep," you know, a little intrepid. I, I can understand that was probably my first reaction, like, "Whoa." Yeah letting all those voices in but actually it sounds like it can be a wonderful process for a game maker right letting letting more ideas and a, a greater breadth of creativity come to your game and and also what it does is it, it allows for everyone so it's, so it is maybe a bit controversial uh but but actually the whole dev team will participate or can participate in the game together. Um, you know, and that means it's sometimes so the controversial part is so when I'm telling you something, you know, you're not listening to me in the team, but when I go to the games together, you know, participate <laughs> in the conversation, now you listen to me. <laughs> so okay, it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. it's like, well, you know, it's just because at least we listen to everyone and and seeing that, you know, your ideas among all these other ideas. Yeah made sense you know so sorry sometimes i wasn't listening to you but probably yes i was not in the right frame of mind to listen to you uh and 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 that's interesting so 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 that's why i, I think uh, so the only rule for the game devs is to only participate in, in topics uh that are you attached to in, uh, right. in the yeah. devs because you, can you imagine like having one of the the artists saying all oh, that all oh, the ai sucks you know so, yeah, so yeah, yeah. i would do a better job you know so yeah. it, it's just not what you want to say right so you have a little, little bit of a rule it would be nice to your co-workers uh it's beyond yeah, the yeah. stuff it's <laughs> so. make me realize i guess i think you know there's tools that are for making games from very broad ones to very specific ones and then i guess you get some project management tools and version control tools and that kind of thing but it feels really like this i know i know games together is not a tool but it feels like it kind of exists between those two spaces right it's sort of a dev tool that you can't actually do dev with and sort of a community tool and a management i just again kind of with the future themes of this it sounds like there's a kind of it could potentially emerge as a new category of soft software of platform of tool yes what are your thoughts there no, no. For me, it's what i tried to say i think at the beginning of the conversation is it is both i think a tool and a philosophy uh but you can use the tool with other philosophy um you know, and, and or with a different philosophy, uh, you can use the philosophy with other tools. Uh, you know, but but it's true the game together was made for that philosophy of of mm-hmm. you know contributing in creating games as as being built to make you know um, the game of making the game uh, to to be always rewarded by progress. Um, so it's it's all these elements that 
that's why that tool was made for. Uh, so yes, there is a great synergy on how we work with, with game development, uh, which we believe is you know a, a very modern way of working with game development. Um, and 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 but at the same time, yeah, it's it is a set of tools. And and for example, you know there are uh, so. Uh, you know, we have a field. If you look, if you go in the game together, you'll see. You know, um, you know for humankind or in the space too. You know, you have a field called ideas. Uh, you know, where people can uh, put ideas in and people can upload them. Whatever may seem a bit classic, but w- what happens is, um, you know, there's a, a little field to it, which will where you have the the, the comments from the, the the devs that will tell you uh, what we feel about it and and what priority we put on that idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll see uh, what you don't see is in the background of that thread, there is also, it creates um, a thread for the devs. And so we can, as devs, you know, speak, you know, hidden about the, the ideas, yeah, yeah, commands, yeah. and so we decide well, how to set it up. Uh, so it, it creates two great conversations, one for the players, one for the devs. Uh, and as soon as you know, um, you know, we, we put the idea in the game, you know, you're being uh, not notified, so, so, and it's so rewarding. So that's one system. Mm-hmm. We, have, we are working on a system which, of course, to, to be able to have the same idea but for bugs. And to be able to connect that to our own database of bugs, right? So, so basically, we can easily connect player feedback uh, to our own internal stuff. So we can easily, you know, it's uh, right now the way it's done. It's a bit of a mess. You know, you have the forum on one side where people report bugs in a messy way. You have your own database. Sometimes you don't realize, you know, it's the same issue. But all here, the idea is to be able to regroup that in in one, uh, which is kind of a growl for for many developers because you know sometimes you focus on one or the other. So it, it's all kind of tools that, you know, in the end, just brings the community uh, in your daily routine of working on, on the game. Really interesting. And honestly, I could talk about this for a lot more fascinating stuff. There's so many angles and kind of so much potential. But yeah, I better wrap things as we're running out of time. So, you know, it sounds like this kind of community, not community-driven dev, but dev that invas- embraces community and kind of community dev collaboration it's really positive exciting potential for your future for games so yeah remain thank you for your time and um and your insights and thanks for joining us on playable futures thank you very much and there you go a really interesting conversation with remain about what they're doing at amplitude braving involving the community with game dev that's the end of this episode for now we've definitely got a next one for you appearing in a couple of weeks here on the gi podcast feed Again, brought to you by the brilliant Yuki and Diva Agency, and you'll be getting me as host again. In that one, we're having a kind of similar conversation, but about the evolution of publishing, the kind of increase in breadth of what publishing has to become, how publishing's changing and where it's going in the future. Uh, for that one, we're speaking to Gearbox's publishing division and the guys at Roll7 who made the Oli Oli games. Um, So do join us in a couple of weeks. Thanks for staying with us for this one and see you next time.